Welcome to the Realm of Fire, where I, Brendan, he, him, and my friend Rob, he, him, drop bombs and braggadocio about Games Workshop games. Content warning. This show is grown men dropping heavy-handed takes about toy soldiers. It's not to be taken too seriously. Also, strong language warnings apply. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I got into Eberron when I was like super into 3.5 D and like I was fucking bonkers for 3.5 D and D during the 3.5 era, and I thought Eberron was great. Um, because because to me it, it seems like a cyberpunk version of D and D, but then like later on people were like, oh, it's a steampunk game. Did you put a did you put Watching a cog it. on your top hat? And I was like, oh, okay, all right. It was actually kind of a pain in the ass to run <laughs> because as a campaign setting, it had a completely different kind of like internal thought process and mechanic that right. actually didn't segue with D&D very well. So Okay. So it's I kind still- of like technology, right? It's like got like, I picture it like, um, have you ever watched the you know there's avatar the last airbender then there's the other program they sort of span off it um, legend of Korra. that's it it's, is I've it kind of like i think it's kind of like that where there's like almost proto model t ford cars and that driving around but also yeah. it's still got like elemental magic and stuff like you know it's kind of like pew, pew. the idea is that it's um it's like post world war one D D. So mm-hmm. there's like tr- trains, there's like magic trains, and were there guns in that? There's def- they, they definitely had um, the invention of a character that could use magic as though it was a gun. Oh, yeah, it was like a pistol. Definitely going to be an anime gunslinger who can like wears a hat yeah. down to his brim and is all like, yeah. <laughs> nice try, amateur. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea right. is that it was kind of noirish. It was supposed right. to be kind of noirish. Um, I don't know how they feel about how that all ended up working out. It's kind of interesting, Eberron. Yeah. Like, it's back, right? 20 years later, you know? Yeah, it's back. It Pol- never really went away. They, they did a book for it in uh, fourth, and then they did right. a book for it in fifth. So, Jake, I, I always say it's back because I feel like fourth was the end of everything in my head kind of thing. So it was like anything that's now produced is like, it's back. It didn't die in the dumpster <laughs> fire. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, so- somehow they managed to, to do a Dark Sun book for fourth. Mm. But I don't think that they've brought Dark Sun over to nope. fifth. They have not. Which is, interesting. which is disgusting. Which is absolutely disgusting because it's yeah. the best ever D and D. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Dark Sun, a fifty Dark Sun, or mm-hmm. a fifty um, Planescape. You know. Yeah. Well, the the plane, the plane stuff. See, in my head as an outsider, it feels more embedded into D and D now than it used to be. Like now, it feels very much like multiverse, multiscape is a major part of D and D. Whereas back in the day, you played in the Forgotten Realms or you played in right. Dragonlance. You didn't go anywhere else. Whereas now, it feels like you've just got these books that are just, yep, yeah, here's another plane, and there's a new. I know, I know, you hate him, but Monty Cook Games has just done Path of the Plane Breaker where it kind of this this comet that p- passes through different planes and gives you a path through them kind of thing is a whole campaign setting. And Spelljammer's coming back. Oh, right. So, I kind of yeah. remember hearing something about that. 
Mm. Yeah. But it feels more inbuilt now that plane skipping is a thing in D&D as opposed to in the past where it used to be very much like, no, 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 I'm playing in the Forgotten Realms and we'll, this is where we'll forever stay. And Planescape was like, holy shit, whoa. <laughs> like, I, holy I, shit. I think uh, the world with the way that comic book movies have taken over, and I know that we're this is like a hot take in the summer of <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, yeah. but like people on the internet have been kind of doing this whole like, oh, what if the Fantastic Four movie from the early 2000s is just like yeah. a different universe? Like, like multiversal role-playing, I feel like it's having its moment in the way that multiversal everything is having its moment right now, you yeah, know? Yeah, uh, like, like, you look at Rifts, and Rifts feels positively, like, groundbreaking compared to, like, where D&D is now, where it's like, oh, yeah. it's just all a big universe, and everything can be in everything. Uh, do you know what? No, I'll never look at riffs. <laughs> I'll never look at riffs. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Tell me I, a riffs think... book. Tell me a riffs book to read to try and get a grip on it, and I will try because, my, to be fair, my only experience has been eleven years old picking up the Paladate Paladinium riffs books and just being like, "What? <laughs> what is this?" Well, I mean, the thing is, is I can't even like. Uh, recommend anything to you because yeah. like literally and i know this is a show about miniatures wargaming yeah. but for some reason we're talking about role-playing today which is fine i yeah. think it's fine um okay. i uh recently i was kind of i had that zesty taste in my mouth like i wanted to run something for some mm-hmm. friends right my my the one ring game like fell apart almost immediately we played oh. one session of the one ring and, oh. then, and then all of a sudden everybody was like Oh, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. Can we skip? Can we push it back? Can see, we make this, see, the session I, shorter? And I jumped in early by just saying I can't do it. <laughs> I jumped in quick. And just said, <laughs> yeah, perfect. I'm not even going to do the Didn't even one. do the character creation. No, we did character creation. We did one session and then the game was over. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so I was like, maybe I'll run something for some guys around here. I was like, you know, hmm. it'd be kind of cool. Is, I just I I have like five rifts books. I was like, what if we just did some old school rifts? Wouldn't that be kind of neat? Yeah. And I picked it up and I started reading the core book from page one. And it's just written from that old school gaming point of view of this kind of like like a peevish little nerd who is like sitting in a basement somewhere and he's yeah. just and and the voice, like the voice of the rules writer is like allow me to take you on a journey of adventure that you could never have imagined on your own <laughs> uh, now i'm gonna tell you how it is and you're just like i was yeah. just like you like i was like the narrator is already uh yeah. grinding on my nerves and i'm on yeah. page like two would he know? describe his mind as a maze and he wants to get lost with him <laughs> <laughs> you know if if uh, kevin Symbieta was like prone to those kind of outbreaks of poetry that's what um i would i'd probably like him more yeah. He, he yeah he, he yeah. i don't know man we'll get on to warhammer in a second the general game i really want to play though from the 90s uh like multi- and talking multiverse torg and never played torg and i only know about it from the adverts at the back of the star wars role-playing game books and be right. like what the fuck is right. this this sounds yeah. cool they had those big full page ads full color yeah. in the back of dragon magazine and it was always like a priest and then like mm. a ninja and then like a yeah, demon. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, and I was always just like, holy shit, that looks <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, and it, then never played it. No, one day I'm going to play it. That's going to be my my bucket list game. <laughs> ah, nah. No. We ah, talk- that, that, 
don't don't even worry yourself over it, man. All these okay. games are trying to have these nostalgia moments where they're all coming back. Mutant Chronicles is back. Yeah. Torg is back. Is it Twilight? Nice. I, Twilight yeah. 2000 seems to actually be having a little bit of a renaissance, which is interesting. I guess in the in the world of like where everything's kind of falling apart again, and like the Cold yeah. War is back on. Like I, they Twilight came. 2000 feels good. Yeah, the Kickstarter literally fulfilled as the Russians invaded Ukraine, right? So it was like, yeah. oh, this feels a bit close to the bone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we said Poland, but oh, this is this is close to the bone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think there's room for a game that kind of reflects the world that we're living in a little bit. I yeah. Don't know. I don't uh, speaking of. Mm. Let's talk about Warhammer. <laughs> all right. So, so for this episode, yeah. we kind of like, all right. So we always talk about what we painted and what yeah. we fucking played and all that shit. Yeah. Like, I think for this episode, it mm. would be cool if we talked about some of those Black Library books yeah. that we always are saying we're going to talk about and, and we, we don't talk about. Agreed. I've got um, notes we, and everything. So, holy shit, you're ready to rock. Now, yeah. should we? Uh, what you can't hear? That, couldn't hear you. That cut. That was weird. What? Oh, that's the internet. Mm, I think it's that's the transatlantic internet. That's the Inquisition. Tables. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, should we should we address that the 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 um call for more less positivity, less yes, yeah, less, less angst. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I think that's a fair call. We we one, one of our listeners. I'm really sorry. I've not written your name down because it's Xander. Gets- Xander, thank you. Because of Discord, where you're like, yeah, Discord. and then like a day later, it's like gone. Called us out that we were being very negative in the last episode, and you know what? That's fair because actually, it's not a hot take to be negative about Games Workshop or Warhammer it's on the really internet. Not. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. I, you know, I think like you and I kind of like to be, you know, like like '90s ironical cool guys or some shit. I don't know. Ooh, and, ooh, um, like, like Dante and Randall off of Clerks. Exactly, dude. That is literally what I was thinking. That is <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Wasn't even supposed to be here today, etc. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, dude. That's yeah. that's kind of how I think we maybe see ourselves a little bit, <laughs> and <not>. um, <laughs> <Ain't> potentially, <right>. <laughs> like. Like it's really easy to yeah. make that kind of content. I was saying yeah. that on Discord. It's just really easy to to do a podcast and just be like, like, oh, you, how much does this suck on a scale of one to ten? It yeah. sucks eleven. Like yeah. because you know, it's just like, and uh, and I think Xander made a strong case that like when we started the show, we had a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of different games, and that mm. we've subsequently like become just sort of whingers. Now, I will say that. I think our enthusiasm has been dampened by like some really strange decisions by yeah. Games Workshop over the past year and a half or whatever. Yeah. But but our enthusiasm for some of Games Workshop's offerings is undiminished. Yeah, in fact, it's gone up. I would say yeah. it's, it's pivoted because we had no plans to talk about Mezbeck. But when right. we started, we, we were going to talk about 40K and Age of Sigma, like alternating. I, I think literally in episode one, we said we should do a mess bag episode or something. Yeah. And that, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Like genuinely yeah. today, they've had the announcements. Have you seen the announcements? I have. Man, yeah. did that line get a facelift. Man. Yeah. yeah. Some beautiful Holy new moly. stuff. And my favorite thing, and as Takoi said in, in the Discord as well, they've literally said there's an updated rule book. There's not, rule book. not a new rule book, not a shiny new edition, 
updated, which, yeah, it reads to me, and I think that he said that they said on the stream, FAQs and errata rolled into the rule book. Fine. Yeah, ab- yeah absolutely. That's how you do it. No, not a problem. Uh- I am so happy to be wrong on this one because I thought for sure we were going to get a new edition and I'm so happy that it's just, they're just doubling down on a great game and Mesbeg Mesbeg is a, you know, a top notch offering from GW that I am 100% enthusiastic about. It's a great game. I think everybody should be playing it. Everybody now. And now apparently it's going to be a better time than ever to get in because they got new battle forces coming. Yeah. They updated all the models that are literally like over 20 years old now. Yeah. And uh, th- those battle those battle boxes are coming with rules. It says it's free rules that you just pick up that battle box online. They'll give you a rule set, the stats for everything in the battle box. And that's it. So you don't need to buy the rule book even. You can buy one battle box each. You'll, you'll have a great time. You will. Yeah, that's it's, terrific. It's brilliant. It's just absolutely great. I know that's not Black Library, but. No, he was right. We, we'll get we, to that in a second. Yeah. We, we got play. very blah, blah. And he's right, you know, and also I was wrong about Warcry, you know. I, I was wrong, you know, they, how they've relaunched. They said there's a second edition coming. Here's all the rules to update everything. Now, I know there's, like, people are like, oh, my God, there's some profiles that are the same points and not as good. I, I actually don't care about that. But Warcry is such a game that doesn't, you don't need to worry about points. Like, play around a 1,000 points each, but don't worry if one of you is at 1,200 or whatever. It, it Honestly, it, it, it works itself out in the wash. But I like that they've done that. I'm still not that big on it. I, don't, I still don't think it needs a second edition. I think as a rule set, I've never found an issue with it. But I think they're doing a second edition right in that they've said, we'll give you the updated rules online and we've updated everything already out online in a pdf format you print off one page and you've got your your updated iron golems rules so i think that i think to give a positive spin on it i think they're doing it right i don't think it's necessary i'm probably not going to buy into it but they're doing it in a good way you know it means that if i've got friends who are like i really want to play second edition all i've got to do is print off two pages you know and it's like cool okay i can play my shit against you so that's cool you know i think that's a nice way of doing it sure I think I think that um, one of the interesting things coming out of because I, I like to look at the mechanics and mm-hmm. see kind of like where I, it's interesting to me always to see what Games Workshop is experimenting with and how they are implementing those experiments, right? Because uh, when you see those things in the little games, you get some insight into how they could potentially view the bigger games. And one of the things that we've seen with 40k. Which, I mean, positivity aside, I still think 40K is a train wreck right now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of looking towards 10th, and I'm thinking, like, what's 10th going to look like? And we've seen them really scale back the use of stratagems, right? Like yeah. stratagems and command points. Yeah. How those things are going to work. And then we've seen them in their current games really experimenting with out-of-sequence actions. Mm-hmm. And you know what, man? I think out of sequence actions are really strong, yeah, and really cool as a mechanic. Okay, and I think you know because it, it, yeah. they it really you know we've been talking about the whole oh how how old the GW idea is was mm. like, oh I could do my whole army and then yeah. you do your whole army, and then they started kind of breaking that up into I go you go kind of things. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing this whole thing where they're doing like, oh, I go, but you can interrupt me. 
And yes, that's, that's interesting. That's an, that's interesting ground. It is. I'm glad they're moving and experimenting. I don't like it. <laughs> Actually, it's it's it, it, <laughs> no shade on anyone who does, and it's not a stupid mechanic or anything. I I don't like it because I get timing issues in my head. So the only bit of mesbeg I'm not huge on is declare declaration of heroic actions. Like in my head, I can read that section over and over again, but I will just get to a point where I'll be like. Do I say, do you say first? Do we alternate? I, for some reason, it's a mechanic that does not stay in my head. I couldn't play Infinity because of that. Like Infinity, I can look at an objective and go, that's a fucking brilliant system and game. You know, yeah, purely the mechanics. I could never get it. I would play game after game and I'd just be like, what? oh, yeah, I could have done that. And I don't know what it is in my head. doesn't click. So alternate action's enough for me, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I want to get that over. I'm not saying it's just for me. It doesn't work. I, I think that, okay, so okay, so at a certain point in the evolution of Magic the Gathering, there was this idea of the stack, right? They implemented this idea of the stack where different cards went off in sequence at different times based on what kind of card they were yeah, and yeah. when you played them. And that was like to codify how to interact with the yeah. whole thing of like, oh, I summon Lord of the Pit. And then you go, oh, I counterspell. And then because I'm playing blue black for whatever reason, mm. I go, I counterspell your counterspell. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's just like, well, wait, what's happening? Yeah, what's who, going who's on? What now? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And so they built the idea of the stack. And that's when I completely lost any <laughs> yeah. ability to play Magic the Gathering because yeah. because because at that point and they've, they've changed the game a little bit now I understand mm. to be a bit more user friendly but that at that point the real internal mechanic of how you played Magic the Gathering was influencing the stack and how the yeah. stack order worked. Yeah. Um, it read yeah. like programming, right? It was like if this, then this, and if Dude. this, run this. And you're yeah, like, it, yeah, man. I, 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 it was not for it was not yeah. for Brandanowitz. No. Um, so uh, uh, I, we were playing Necromunda very recently, mm -hmm. which is another GW game I love unabashedly and mm -hmm. without without reservation. Um, and we noticed that the enforcers. One of the things that makes enforcers enforcers is that they get these things called Palantine drills. Mm -hmm. Like they've been drilling, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they've yeah. been maneuvers or whatever. Yeah, not yeah, like yeah. drills. With a, not, yeah. with, not, with a, not with a power drill. Tool, right? Yeah. yeah. And so a, a Palantine drill makes them act out of sequence. But when right. they act out of sequence, they don't lose their activation token, right? So mm. essentially they can like act, screw up your activation, and then they still get to act again later. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So the fact that the Warcry version of the reaction, yeah, costs you your activation token, it shows that there's evolution in the design thinking, which yeah. I love. Does I it cost the activation love. token? I thought it cost you one of your die. In the in Warcry. One Warcry, yeah. I thought I oh I the, the thing I read and maybe I, I missed. I might have said. Yeah, I thought I've... it said it costs you your activation. If you're going to react, then you cost oh, you. You trade okay. your activation for a reaction for an out of sequence action. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm not. I I'm could hardly a Warcry scholar. But I, I think that's it, great. I thought it was you. It cost you one of your special dice that you hold back to your special abilities. But maybe, I thought it's a single. But maybe I've got it very. Maybe yeah. Well, let's see. Let's wait for it to Dude, come out. 
Play somebody's listening to this game right now and they like totally yeah, know how it actually works and they're yeah, like so, These so guys tell are us. fucking chuckleheads yeah it's come like, on discord and tell the, us what the fuck do they even know about anything yeah anyway I mean, so yeah yeah like war cry is a great game yeah necro Earth is a great game yeah. necromunda is a great game mm. it is the role players gw game it is <laughs> it is at speaking of what we talked about last time about narrative supplements for gaming what mm-hmm. did they literally announce this week for necromunda yeah. Here's a narrative supplement. Like, <laughs> Never supplement. Like, yeah. Okay. But it's a narrative one. You know, it's not a. It's not a. Do you think it isn't because it's got rules for two gangs? Do you think it's a psychic awakening kind of yeah, thing? I think it's whether... psychic awakening for Necromunda <gasps> oh, because because rather than be giving us yeah. like rules for oh. being like okay here's Ash Waste and mm. Ash Waste expansion and then here's a book called Vehicles of the Ash Waste yeah. and we break it all down for you. They're 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 trickling out rules to upgrade every gang into Ashways right. in the middle of a of a story, and this to me just smells an awful lot like Psychic Awakening mm. and uh, was Shattered Realms or uh, Broken Realms, yeah, Broken yeah, Realms. yeah. Okay, and yeah, I hadn't I, actually thought I, of that. I I kind of have the feeling, and I had this feeling when they announced Ashways. Yeah. So I was like. Okay, this is the last thing before a new edition because right. at this point, uh, Necromunda currently has a rule set, mm-hmm. a 1.5 uh set of gang rewrites, mm-hmm. and now it has a tacked on mini game, right? And we really are at a spot where a new edition is needed. To sew all of this stuff together. Oh yeah, got it. Do you think you, know? you would go for the next edition, or do you think you're brave enough now to just be like, no, I've got my Necromunda, I've got enough. This will do for me. What current Necromunda is yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah. From a role playing standpoint, mm-hmm. like if you're a role player, if you're the kind of guy who goes out and you buy all the vampire, the masquerade books, and then you sit around and you read all of them and you triangulate between them and you come up with your own house rules and you write your own merits and flaws. And you come up with theories about who Gora tricks really is and all this shit. Then you don't need a new edition. Yeah. The, the current edition is so fucking fantastic that you can just sit at home and you can write your own like, Rob version of Necromunda. Rob Romunda. Rob Romunda. Neck Rob Munda. That would be yeah. it. Um but uh and, and so so I, I think I'm probably going to collect a complete set of the current like sort of 1.5 2017 edition yeah. in the same way I'm collecting a mess bag edition yeah. for when eventually there is a new one yeah so i'll always have this one trapped yeah. it, in amber that it, i can go back to so what i'm doing war cry i'm trying to get the catacombs red harvest books with the all the term of champions brilliant and then then i have varen spire war cry you know and you I want my that. uh red harvest book i do want your red harvest book please i'll send, I'll send you that and then you. do you need anything else i like, think catacombs I have- is the only other book Catac- oh, I don't have that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's just literally just that. That once I've got those two books, I have everything released for Warcry until like yesterday, and then I've got you know Varen Spire era Warcry done. Right, Red and Edition, the Red, Red edition. edition. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah because I, I really like that setting. I really like rules that. I really like that setting. There's like ten warbands to collect plus extras. You know, it's like. That's enough. <laughs> that is oh, sure. more than enough to keep me playing forever. And if I do want to play second edition, I can just print off a couple of pages, and that's no 
no biggie. Sure. I've started playing my Necromunda. I've got four Orlocks done under my belt because you're the Victoria miniature heads you sent me arrived. So nice. the biker, I saw the pictures of yeah, them. biker slash one, leather daddy dudes. Does, does one of them have like a really red face? Or so that... there's an Orlock ganger who had a champion who has a red face mask on, right? Like it's like oh. almost like a welder's mask kind of thing. And the Victoria miniatures came with a spare little cap. So I cut his head down to oh, put the cap shit. on it. So yeah, he's, he's oh fuck yeah. Because I saw that guy yeah. and I was like, Yeah, that is so fucking cool looking. He just <laughs> yeah. looks so fucking brutal. But yeah. he looks like he looks kind of like Red Skull because he's yeah. wearing this little yeah. cap, and then his face, his face is just yeah. like this this mask, mask of angry yeah. red. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I was like, man, this is a really horrifying looking Orlock. Like yeah. I've never, you know, people, people, I've seen a lot of painted Orlocks. Yeah. You know, people tend to kind of iterate on the box art. Yeah. I, but I thought your take was Thank fucking you, yeah. dope. I did them once and I hated them. I painted them. You know, when you do your test model and I try, I used uh, one of the, um, I used Black Templar. I mean, the clues in the name, never use anything with the name Black Templar mm-hmm. as a paint. And it turns out it's like a shiny blue. And I was like, this fucking mm-hmm. sucks. So I went over them in black. So now basically painting them is a piece of piss. It's hitting them with gray contrast, then black for the levers paint any weaponry and metals paint their skin that's like it like it's a piece of piss hey, um, did you see that contrast that the homie mike marines threw up on uh, no but i'm gonna buy it fucking uh discord yeah and, and it was called like it was like called pallid like flesh or something or... yeah it's called like e- like evil person flesh or something dude it was dope yeah it was, it was like it, yeah, man, it just—it's it, like that total like leather face look in yeah. like one coat. Like I was like, I saw his picture on dreadful visage, dreadful visage, dreadful visage. Yeah, I like how there's not even any kind of color put in there. They're like, no, it's just for dreadful visages. Yeah, That's and he did it, it on some Mezbeg orcs, and they just look fucking dead on. Like Dude. They've, they've shrunk down the little ones from the film and made them. Yeah, on. Yeah. Real, he put it on some kind of vampire too. Yeah, and it's just so. I mean, I, I dude, yes, yeah, yes, vampire. Yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't believe how fucking dope yeah. that paint quite, looks. It's genuinely quite hard to describe what it looks like. It is like it's, exactly, Nos, yeah, it's like Nosferatu flesh in a bottle. Yeah, like, it's this that, kind of weird brown, but gray. Yes, <laughs> but gray. But also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like corpse paint it's really good corpse but yeah 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 so that's good so i'm i'm glad that he showed that because i've yeah. been working on horus heresy guys and i'm kind of like i've been kind of trying to figure out what to do with my with the bare heads because i want the guys they're barbarans you know and mm-hmm. i want them mm-hmm. to have kind of a ghastly look mm-hmm. to them but that's i don't it. want them to look too ghastly i still want them to look kind of like humans because they, they have a ways to go yet before they become like completely nurgleified and shit you know they just are people who come from a death world that's it right now. and also spend yeah. all their time playing with chemical weapons so uh they have they have a little bit left to fall i don't and so i think i'll probably be making some use of that uh dreadful visage yeah i mean what they should do is put the goddamn helmets on you're in a war zone put your goddamn helmet on <laughs> that's what you should do with the bareheaded ones put a fucking helmet on there's bullets and shit out there no <laughs>
Yeah, uh, I want to see their cool gas masks. So, yeah, you know, man, I'm into the pageantry of Warhammer, dude. Sure. Yeah, the yeah. Oh, yeah. Of you don't want you don't want any synths as well. Do you want some breaking news from Gen Con as of 44 minutes ago? Sure, hit me up. I'm buzzing on this. I don't know if you will be, but Soulbound Champions of Chaos is coming. Oh, dope. So nice. I'm really pleased at that because I think nice. you, you could do that so well, like like a load of Darko for something like. Like we were just talking about Warcry. You could just do Warcry. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, really, on some level, I feel like the chaos stuff from the role-playing games has... People always argue with me about this. Like, oh, what are you going to do? What's the game going to be about? I'm like, that's the most interesting game that there is. Yeah. Have you heard Have you heard of this game called Vampire the Masquerade, yeah. where it's a bunch of, like, postmodern assholes, like, trying to get one over on another? Yeah. Like... It's the or same like, thing. Yeah, or like <laughs> Elric, one of the greatest fantasy characters of all time who works yeah. for literal demons of chaos. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit People, writes itself, guys. Yeah. I don't know why you're having such a hard time with understanding how like a campaign like that might work, yeah. but it's it's actually the easiest thing that there is yeah. to do. Like a Zinch court campaign would just be the best fucking thing where you're all just oh, trying to dude. one-on-one oh, each my, other. Oh my God, dude. That, <laughs> so it'd be cool. so great to... Yeah. 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 Like, like, or you could do like a, a campaign that is like people who have turned to Zinch in a city of Sigmar and they're going to, and they're going to try and take the city down from within, yeah. but they don't necessarily know because everybody's wearing masks. They don't really yeah, know who yeah. their allies are. So yeah. they're, they're hyper paranoid all the time. That'd be yeah. fun as fuck. Or even who they're fucking worshiping. It could be they're worshiping mm-hmm. the sun, <laughs> you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, 100%. Oh, that would be There's a dope. lot you could do. Oh, so much you could do. So much you could do. Endless so, possibilities. Uh, talking, so the last yeah. game, yes. I want to just just really quick touch on yeah. uh, uh, positivity, and we can put mm-hmm. positivity aside. Yeah. Um, Horus Heresy, New Horus oh, Heresy, yes. is unbelievably dope. It is just like, dude, I've played two games of it. I've assembled mm-hmm. a billion models. I'm painting like a motherfucker. I'm I'm kit bashing like a motherfucker. Yeah. It is. It is hobby nirvana. It is just and and then and then when I was able to put down my favorite toys and play with them mm. and have them respond in the way that my the neural passageways of my brain remembered. Yeah. I like wanted to weep. It was so <laughs> it was so fun. And yeah. dude, dude, you know what, dude? Mm. You know what, dude? Rolling fails and not having re-rolls <laughs> feels so fun. It's yeah. so fucking fun it's so fucking fun to roll a plasma gun and be like i'm overcharging this bitch and then you roll a one and you're like no you know it's like that just like dude the fun is back is that what it feels like like the literal the fun is back in the game Uh, that's how it felt to me and i don't know like like i understand that it's annoying to have a one in six chance of something not happening and then you roll it and then you're like god but like it just turns out that those moments of ha- of being completely fucked over by the dice yeah. were actually one of the hugely fun parts of the game. Yeah. And that while we were all we all had our noses in the in like, oh, I'm gonna optimize this list. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna that when the game changed to benefit that thinking, yeah. it deprived it of all of the stuff that made it just like hilariously fun. Yeah, you know, 100%. It's always those are the bits, the, the mad bits are the bits you enjoy, are the bits you remember, not the, oh, I won because my army worked 
perfectly so I yeah. took the objectives and then stood on the objectives for three turns you know what I mean like yeah. when, when everything is you know as the incredible said if everyone's special nothing special so if yeah. everyone's playing fully optimized stuff to the best of their ability the game's going to be boring I equivalent it to when you get two brilliant teams in a football match right. and they just cancel each other out because all the right. flair goes all the everything goes and it becomes a dreadful boring game because right there's no flair there's no madness there's just people playing it optimal so it's not very good it's quite dull right yeah right yeah um just yesterday just yesterday i was playing necromunda okay and a guy of mine gets taken out of action and so then i roll to see his lasting injury and his lasting injury is dead (gasps) dead. now he's a jew so he's not very expensive and i'm like well i don't even know if i want to save his his butt right so Mm. So I'm looking at him, but I had bought the gene smithing for him. So mm-hmm. he had toughness five and I'm like, well, you know, maybe. And plus he had some experience on him and I'm like, yeah. he's getting ready to, to actually level up here. Uh, maybe I want to spend money on the, on the rogue doc to keep mm-hmm. him alive. So I roll how much it would be. Cause you have to see, you, you can mm. you get to decide whether you want to spend the money after the rogue doc yeah, yeah. gives you their estimate for patching him up is it still d6 it used to be d6 times ten thousand or something crazy it's, like it's it's 2d6 times 10 right and then um and and, and like I, i'm sitting on like a, a hundred credits or something mm. so <laughs> 150 credits mm. and so i roll it and it's a six so it's 60 credits out of my 150 and i'm like you know what i'm like I, i'm sympathetic i i felt that fit that twinge of, of sentiment yeah. and i was like I want to keep the guy alive. I like his name. He's got three experience points on him. And then my buddy Ben goes, oh, well, now you have to make, he didn't tell me this on the front end. He goes, now you have to make this 1d6 roll to see if it works. And yeah. like, I look at the, t- the table and it's like, on a one, he just straight up dies. So first, what do I roll? One. Boom. <laughs> I spent the 60 credits, and then I rolled another goddamn one after rolling like a 66 on this guy. And he was dead anyway. And that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. They I'll are, never but, forget that. That's yeah, the that, best part of Necromunda. Always, you know? always those dumb the bits. I always remember Scavy. I ran a Scavy gang for years and years and years. And it worked out at some point it came so big that they had a rule where basically instead of feeding your guys for three credits a time, you could just eat a ganga and it would feed your entire <laughs> thing. So it ended up my gang got so big, you just buy a new guy each time, just eat him. And it was just ridiculous. Like this absolute That's fucking ridiculous. hilarious. Yeah, That's Scabbies so grim. Fucking brilliant. It was but you could grim. if you captured an opponent, you could eat them. So that was always fun because that's, that's an death. That's you know, repulsive. That's, yeah, that's really bad. No, no wonder they haven't redone <laughs> that gang. I keep like being like, why haven't they released that gang oh, yet? And it's, you'd have Scaffy's wicked. You'd have to rewrite them in a way that didn't make yeah. them feel bad. Yeah, they weren't too gross because sensibilities yeah. are different now. Yeah. All right. Scaffy, so on to yeah. Black Library. Black yes. Library. Let's talk about this this Black Library, man. We, it's been a while since we've done a Black Library clown show. What's really going on has. in the clown show? So I've listened to all of the Siege of Terror. Uh, and read the two short stories, The Wrath of Magnus and Sons of Selenar. Uh, but I've listened to this, the, the seven seven books. Warhawk was the last one. Well, but um, it's not over, right? It's no, like, no. There are more there are ten. books forthcoming. There will be there, ten. They, they, they've said there's going to be ten. They yeah. put a number on it. Yeah, they put a number on it. Um, and Warhawk is seventh, I think. Maybe actually there's only going to be nine. I don't know if there's many more. 
I mean, they won't be because they're at the Inner Palace. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> chaos are uh, encroaching ever closely to the Inner Palace. And it's, not cha- it's not chaos, it's traitors. It's traitors, that's it. There are, traitors. I have listened to six books. I think there actually might only be eight books. I feel like the next one is the penultimate one because I think the next one is a Dembski Bowden one. And then the one after that, I think it's Abnet who's going to finish it off. Yeah. Abnet has to finish it off. Yeah. He's, he is like, it's absolutely absurd to me what a good writer he is. Mm. Like, I know that his, some of his stuff is uneven and he has delivered some stinkers, but like, just the average level of the Abnet books is so much higher than anything else in that series. It's just absolutely insane to me, dude. Yeah. It's um yeah, it, and and he started. He, he's got to be there mm-hmm. the day that Horus kills the emperor. You know, like like he's got to mm-hmm. literally. Um, but yeah, they're they're interesting. They're they're fine to listen to. Um, there's a lot I like. There's a lot I don't like. There's been some real highlights in it. Um, some good stuff with around the traitors. It's made me um, really appreciate Perturabo um, and some of the other. Um, Primarchs, Magnus is pretty cool, actually. Turns out Magnus, cool yeah, dude. Magnus is the shit, dude. Yeah, uh, Angron's wicked. Uh, the loyalists are all fucking boring, except for Jukata Khan, um, who should he should have turned traitor. Then he should uh, have really, really seriously. Cool. Yeah, um, but the good stuff. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. There's a lot of this time hopping bollocks with Eternals and stuff popping around, and actually, it turns out they are. Uh, like fucking Odysseus and and Achilles back in the Greek days, and you know this kind of um, I don't know, I don't like it. That's it's, that's that's, time that's extremely eye rolling. Yeah, it's all time hoppy, and and they can't die, but they die and they come back, and then they're running out of life. So they're kind of like time lords at the same time, and the emperors are eternal or something. Not eternal. There's a word for them. I can't remember what it is now. There's a specific word that they use, and. The Emperor's one and what's his name? What's his mate? His little worm tongue mate. Um Malagurst. Mal Malkador. Malkador. Right. Malagurst is uh fucking Horace's bud. Yeah, Malkador's like everywhere. Like to the point where you're like, is Malkador just the Emperor? Is the Emperor even a dude? Is it just Malkador? Mm. Um he's an eternal because I get really confused with one where Magnus kills him and then he's in the next book. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? What's going on? And I was like, so I don't know. There's some good stuff. When it's just, ironically, in these ones, when it's just Marines hanging out, it's actually better. It it, it kind of goes a bit sucky when it's all the scribes and that and these and, and stuff. But there's some good stuff. And the good stuff really actually is the sort of rise of the cult of the emperor happening during the siege of terror and the, uh, whatever the word bearers, what is it called? The Leviticus Divinatus or whatever that. Like, like Dio Divinitatus. That's it. That turning up and like them becoming a rally point for the loyalists is quite interesting. Like it kind of works against the traitors because they're like, Oh, he is a divine being. We should fight harder then kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there is some good stuff there. The beginnings of the inquisition, basically the remembrances transforming into the inquisition um that's pretty cool kind of ruined by the fact there's custodes everywhere um but there's some good stuff i just hope horus wins actually it's quite interesting because horus and the emperor have barely featured to the point where i'm not sure they have had any dialogue actually 
I think well, they've been. I think they have. Well, no, they have, but they've been. They basically encounter each other. There's, there's all these like sections where you'll be reading it, and then it'll be like a scene on a you know in Wayne's World Two where he encounters Jim Morrison in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> it's like scenes like that where the Emperor and Horus are just talking to each other because actually what's happening is they're having like a psychic battle, you know, across right, right. space. But how it manifests is them just chatting to each other, just being like, you've already lost and stuff like that, you know? So they're in it, but I think at the moment, both of them are kind of out the story and Abaddon is effectively leading the siege once Perturabo leaves anyway. The, um, the less Horus is quote-unquote on screen in the books the better because turns out like fucking dan abnett like basically broke the mold when mm. he wrote those characters and then the kind of like guys the gunslinger mercenaries that they bring in to write all the middle ones the mm. filler ones yeah like don't they just don't have the chops no. to write those characters the way that they need to be written you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred like, percent. I was listening to this short story collection after I finished the Outcast Dead, mm. and there was an Abnet story in the middle that was mm. about um, Little Horace Axeman. Yeah, yeah. And it was so fucking good. It was just mm-hmm. such a fucking good science fiction short story. All right. It just. I could just really just see everything that was happening. Mm. I could just see how I could see the world that they were fighting on and how it was different than all the other worlds. It it didn't, it didn't have this just kind of generic kind of stamp of like, Oh, 40 K bullshit. Let's just stamp a bunch of that around it. Like it just felt so rich and unique and the character felt so rich and unique. And there's this series of conversations that, that, that little Horace Aximand has with, both Abaddon and then with uh, Horus himself. Mm. And only fucking Dan Abnett can write the <laughs> Mornival. He's yeah. the only one. Whenever anyone else does it, because then immediately I start listening to the next one, which is Deliverance Lost. Yeah. Dude, have you, have you fucking read or listened no, to Deliverance so. Lost? No. Dude, holy shit. It is bad. It is like, it is like up there with Battle for the Abyss. Bad. Whoa. Because, yeah, seriously. Okay, so Gav Thorpe wrote this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your opinion is on him, but I always, I, I just have this generic feeling whenever I see his name, because I've been reading it for 20 years. They're yeah. like, oh, Gav Thorpe. He's a chip off the old block. Good old mm. Gav Thorpe, right? And it's like, writing prose is not his first column. Whatever it is that he does around the Games Workshop lab, mm. that's not his best thing. He, For some reason, he insists on making the two central characters of the novel uh, Corax and Alpharius. Right. And I'd just like to point out that no one else has really done this. Mm. Like, you read these Horace Heresy novels, and the central characters are never the primarchs. Yeah. You always view them from inside the head of someone else. Mm. Someone else is observing these characters and kind of talking about, like, oh, they're so weird. They're fucking, mm. they're like, transhuman transhumans Mm. you know they like think and feel in a different way that even space marines can't really understand yeah but now he's writing this book and he's in both their heads and you're Mm. like wow how various and korax are a couple of dumbasses they they don't seem any more clever or interesting than me yeah you know i'm just like 
I'm like, they're just two dudes. It, yeah, yeah, because when when you when you you can't write gods, and the Primarchs yeah. set to be gods, so yeah, yeah I, the it's first just such a weird decision. Yeah, the uh, the Siege of Terror suffers from that a bit because you do get a lot of from the Primarchs perspective, like from Rogal Dawn and stuff, but it's not that. Arresting. Actually, I was just looking then, and I realized my favorite of the book. So if I recommend one of them, it'd be Saturnine, which is the fourth one. Um, and that's Dan Abnett. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right, there you it. go. Yeah, that one's written. There and actually, go. Gav Thorpe did a really good one as well. Um, the, did he? Yeah, there's no Primarchs in it in the first in um, the first wall. That's good. That one. Um, but Saturnine is really good, especially if you are a fan of the Mornaval, because it's. Oh, it's it's them entering the stage effectively. It's like they they are they make their play for the for the for the palace, and it's I, it's I good. love the Mornaval, dude. Mm. Like that, I mean, like on some level, the whole series starts being about, about the Mornaval. Causes, yeah, it starts with Loke and and and, yeah. and Abaddon and the Warrior Lodges. Yeah, and that's my impression of the Horus Heresy trilogy, the beginning trilogy. Is it's about the Warrior Lodges and the fall of the Mornaval? Yeah. And and that, like the ideas that get encapsulated in that series of characters and mm. the the plot arc that governs them afterwards, it's so interesting. It's yeah. so interesting and it's so good. It doesn't make me want to play fucking no sure the Horus, but yeah, yeah, of course. I love I I, I love hearing about these fucking characters and what's going yeah. on with them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Whereas. Whereas Gav Thorpe renders Alpharius into just like he dude such a lame-o. Like yeah. you're just this guy should be like one of the coolest Primarchs where he's just like where he's just like, actually, I already thought of that. And like mm. 16 moves ahead. And so don't bother me with your peevish shit. But instead he's all sitting there like like that key and peel sketch with like where the rivulets of like fucking sweat are like running down his face. <laughs> he's just like, oh no, I'm in for it now. Horace has me all figured out. I'm just like, what? Oh god, what is this shit? Anyway, I mean, you know my opinions on Alpharius anyway, but that's fine. Dude, I'm not a big Alpharius stan either, but I just yeah. feel like he should if be. You're gonna if yeah. you're literally gonna have 18 characters that are the sort of Luke Skywalkers around which mm. everything rotates. Maybe those characters should be written in a cool way. That, that what yeah. can I say? You know, yeah. uh, it feels like they should definitely have had a solid Bible for them. Like, yeah. how how they will act and be because they can switch yeah. quite dramatically. You can be like, Between what? Writers. What? Yeah, yeah. It's the mm-hmm. Picard problem where Picard mm-hmm. changes depending which film he's in, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. What? I don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, overall, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's always fun, and uh, there's nice little nods. There's like a, there's a, these perpetuals. That's the word I was looking for. Perpetuals. perpetuals. These perpetuals are currently like going around because they know they've got to be in a certain place at a certain time. But they've got a marine who's sort of helping them, and he's obviously from the second legion. Um, but with no, yeah, he's got no iconography or anything, but he's obviously a second legionnaire kind of thing. So that's kind of cool. I like little things like that. I don't want to know about them. Don't know why they disappeared, but it's kind of cool. You've got those little touches. I really enjoyed because I completely missed all of this, obviously. Um, Sons of Selenar, because I didn't know anything about the Selenar, the gene, the gene witches of Luna. Which even saying it is a fucking cool thing to say, and yeah, it's all—I don't know anything about it. And it sounds cool as shit. Yeah, basically they're the ones who came up. So the emperor was like, "Okay, I've got my Astartes project, and I've made it, and it's pretty cool." 
And then they were like, oh, but then he was like, ah, shit, but I don't have all the technology or ability to do this. So on on, on, on the moon, there was this kind of almost an alien race called the Selenar who had all this technology. And the emperor was like, well, I want that. So he sent the, the Lunar Wolves because they were called something else at that wow. point. And that's where they got their name from. Um, and mm, they basically went, sense. yeah, they went and, and, and cleared it and took it all. And then they've still been there. They're basically the, the minds behind the Astartes project. Um, and then they Is have call one of them. Well, no, but they, they have a lot of the technology. And um, as Horus returns at war with Terra, they're like, shit, what are we going to do? We better destroy all this because if this all falls into the hands of the traitors. They're going to have their own, you know, legionnaire factory on on the moon. So they start blowing it up, except for one vault, which kind of goes against, doesn't let the emperor know or anything, and they they sort of hold on to it. And then eventually, what happens is, after a lot of you know escapades, um, some of the shattered legions find out about this uh, on a ship. So some characters, I think Graham McNeil's been writing about for a while since the Istvan Free stuff. So an Iron Hand and, you know, like a Super Squad, an Iron Hand, a Raven Guard, a, a Salamander, uh, mm-hmm. find it and actually recover it before the Sons of Horus go back and take it all. And the sort of minor spoiler, well, not minor spoiler, spoilers for Sons minor of Salamander. Yeah, the spoilers for Sons of Salamander here. They get it away, but all get wiped out one by one as they're escaping until eventually one of the Raven Guard guys gets it and hides it in this like empty space dock um, somewhere in the middle of the solar system. And that's where it's picked up by Belisarius call later on in the future. He uh, picks it up okay. and then he's got I, access to the, to the gene witchery. Yeah. I was like, this sounds suspiciously like a segue into the uh, eighth edition meta plot. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. But it's, it's, it's it definitely, definitely is. Uh, but yeah, well, at least there's cohesion or something. Yeah, cool. but that was good. Yeah, so I've read that. So I was, yeah, I mean that's quite an undertaking. I think all of Siege of Terror. You said you didn't like Outcast Dead. Why didn't you like Outcast Dead? It's been Are a long time. Talking about the same one. It's been a long time now. It's one where a Thunder Warrior rocks up at some point. Yeah, that yeah. level was so cool, man. <laughs> one of the big villains of the of the book ends up being this he's thunder like, warrior. But he's like a crime lord, isn't he? Is he like yeah, fucking Boba Fett like, or something? He's decided that he's gonna, that since the emperor was gonna have him executed, he's just gonna fucking rule the 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 um because there's not really a hive yet no, he no, no, rules no. this giant swath of slums yeah. outside of uh the imperial palace and He's like, he's like, I think he's more like a Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, sure. But he's, he's like Jabba the Hutt if Jabba the Hutt was like 10 feet tall and like roided <laughs> to the Super max. Soldier. Yeah. yeah, he's such a cool character. I kind of hope that they do more with him in the uh, Horus Heresy stuff because he escapes at the end of uh, Outcast Dead. Right. I just remember it being very like patchy and then a Thunder Warrior. <laughs> so, yeah, it is like, a very what? patchy book. It's, you know what that book feels like? Mm. It's kind of, it's, and this is why I think it's actually kind of a cool book. You know how like um the Horace Heresy novels were totally onto that like Marvel movie style thing where they like were like, oh, this one's gonna be kind of like the political thriller. And this uh, yeah, one's yeah. Be this is like the comedy caper. This is yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Horace Heresy books are kind of like that too. And the, the Outcast Dead to me is written like a '90s uh, New Line Cinema action movie, where they are just kind of dragging and dropping in mm. like action tropes from all sorts of other stuff and then squishing it into one thing. 
like you, they're one of the central central points of the plot is that uh these space marines have escaped from a space marine prison right tr- tr- because they're because they're traitors yeah, right sorry, yeah just the way you said that i know it's well i mean yeah it's, 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 it, it is it, it literally it, is yeah, yeah. and so and so they're they're trying to get off terra mm. and they and the only people that they can use to hunt them is like a samurai <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like this yeah. samurai guy yeah and shit's coming back now has he got like a monomolecular sword or something he's got he's yeah. got a katana yeah. Like he, yeah they won't say it's a katana no, they keep describing yeah. a katana and then yeah. he keeps on like issuing these kind of like 1990s like samurai movie platitudes and shit yeah. and i'm just like just like, and so he's leading at a custode and some other Marines or yeah. something and some Imperial Guard to find these space Marines. And then there's like a big shootout in a, yeah. in a slum. And I'm just like, this is so yeah. cool. I mean, the fact, <laughs> the fact that it's not the best written novel in the world. Yeah, doesn't matter. I'm just like, I'm just putting that aside because this, this, this novel has everything. It felt like someone wrote down their Wrath and Glory session. Like they'd had the game, yes. and then someone was like, "Right, let's just write yes. this down, and that'll do." Dude, it really, dude, uh, it really is peak Wrath and Glory. Yeah. Like ten years before Wrath and Glory, <laughs> but it is peak Wrath and Glory. And yeah. and and, and uh, it, it was written by the guy who wrote a guy thousand Haley. sons, guy Haley, guy Haley yeah. who I end up kind of liking. Yeah. And and he puts in a T Sons character, and he writes mm. the T Sons character really well. So yeah. again, certain guys can write T Sons, and certain yeah. guys can't. But Guy Haley knows how to write T-Sons, and so I think that I, I had a soft spot for it for that reason, too. My there favorite is bit. kind of a problem with some sexy babes. There's like, yeah, there's, obviously. There's, like, there's too many sexy babes that yeah. show up in it. Yeah. Um, but, that's, just, uh, that's just the fun to worry. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Wait, I like the what's, bit what's, where he dives with two pistols and there's like white gloves <laughs> flying everywhere. Dude, dude, you know because you're you're reading the book while I was listening to it. I was listening to it in the book, and your brain is putting that kind of cinematography yeah. onto it because it's the inspiration is so obvious. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, the final fight is in a church. Yeah, yeah. It is it's in like a church. Fully, does anyone 360 no scope? Do they just say he free one eight sorry one eighty no scopes? Like <laughs> fucking whip round. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, yeah. You can in see fact, it in your head. He doesn't yeah. need to see it. It's like Tolkien. You can see it in your head. Yeah, but with more 180 with no scope. <laughs> it's not as much as that in The Hobbit. <laughs> um, All right, dude. So, yeah. um, I do you want to okay, do you wrap Black Library? I've got one more huh? Black Library. You've got then, more Black Library? Yeah, and then All we right, can wrap up. Go. Then we'll wrap up. Because we did promise everyone our new film, Endeavor. Our new film, yeah. Warhammer, 40K, yeah. the motion picture, Pitch. The Final Frontier. Do we want to hold that for a week? Do you want to hold that for a week? What do you reckon? Well, how how much how long we've we been recording? About an hour. An hour. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. The next episode will just yeah. all be pitching then. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. got my pitching pad out. Yeah, I've got my opening scene. I mean, I mean just to well, quickly. You can't do clarify. the opening scene until we have the characters. You have okay, to have the characters. We're assuming Chris Pratt, right? Chris Pratt's in here somewhere, right? A Chris Pratt like individual. Okay, is, yeah, sure. is, is, okay, <laughs> good, good. And yes, oh my god, I've got so I've got so many lines of dialogue. Oh yes. my god, see what he yes. Okay, we'll as do the, as proper. the main marine, as the main marine. I okay. Who will be an ultramarine? Well, we come on. 
Okay. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss see, we this. Have to, this is why we have we'll to workshop have a pitch this. session. Yeah, we have to yeah, have yeah. a workshop session. Ne- next week, to, yeah. we'll get Chinese, we'll get some cigarettes, we'll, yes. we'll just, we'll not no, leave. No, no, it's gonna got, be a, we, It's going to be a live stream. We'll Twitch live stream <laughs> it for 24 hours. From you're going to need a pair room. of Ray-Bans. Yeah. If you're in Hollywood, you need a pair of Ray-Bans, Wayfarers, yeah. and you're going to need some below. Yeah. And then we're going to real we're going to write this thing. Oh my god. One so, session anyway. So go ahead. Last Black Library book. Kragnos. Listen to Kragnos, oh, the cool. audiobook. It is really good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because wow. I spoke to Chris about this. What I do and I think I've said it on the podcast, but I'll say it again. Fuck you, it's free. Um what I really like about Age of Sigma is they can still write about stuff that isn't available as a toy. So mm. they can actually invent stuff so you are like Oh, cool. I have to use my imagination. It's not £35 for five of them. I actually have to think about it. So a large part of the story of Kragnos is about a, a pair of companies of free city soldiers, one of whom are from Azir, from Sigmar's realm, and are like fucking fancy Dan, big hats and helmets, almost, you know, like Lumineth-like. And then the others are just barbarians, basically. But they're both for order. They're both, you know... W- loyal to Sigmar, but they're just so different in how they are. That's kind of cool, because there are no barbarian miniatures for the goodies, you know? And why not? Mm -hmm. You know, and he's full of little bits like that. The main story isn't good. It's about Kragnos coming back. And it's it's a prequel to the Siege of Excelsis, so we kind of already know the end of this story, but it's about the build-up to it. But there's nice little touches. One of the touches I really liked is how some of the humans that live on Gur, like, start getting corrupted, not through God worship, but through, like, well, not through chaos worship, but, like, Gorkamorka worship. Like, they work themselves into such a frenzy that the realm of the beast starts infesting them. They start getting, like, pissed and angry and start, like, the primal instincts kick in kind of thing. So, actually, like, they have to be helped, they have to be sort of restrained in that because they're getting that same frenzy that the orcs get. Is investing mm, them interesting? Yeah, I, I, that I makes like sense. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're really kind of breaking open the pantheon, right? Yeah. In AOS. Yeah. AOS started out with the very kind of limited mm. fantasy battle pantheon, and then over the past five years, they've just really yeah. expanded that franchise in a yeah. huge way, right? Uh, and Gorkamoka was was a god worshipped by humans. It wasn't just worshipped by orcs. It was worshipped by ogres, orcs, humans. So there's kind of this group who are like, believe in the old ways and hate that these Azerites have turned up and are like, no, 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 this is how you should worship. So it's getting, there's like religious sectarianism in it because they're like, this is how you should worship Sigmar in his thunder god aspect. And they're like, but we worshipped him as like a hunter for 300 years and he kept us safe against chaos who are you to say how we should worship him you know so there's there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out that you get when not everyone wants to shoot each other immediately in the head as you'd get in 40k fiction you yeah. actually you get orcs and humans talking in this book for example and not just blah 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 we've captured you blah 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 it's actually like mm. that you know there were some of them are working together and stuff so it kind of it shows you i think what I do like about the mortal realms where it's way more open, as you say, in that way that it's not kill on site for everyone. <laughs> you know, there are certain cases where it absolutely is. Of course there are, but also there's, 
you've got that more feeling of a fantasy world where actually also we've got to live here. Not only do we have to war here, we have to live here as well. So let's work mm-hmm. out how that. And you know, it makes me think that they're, they're putting a lot of thought into how do the mortal realms work? Because that was one of the big complaints, wasn't it? You know, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, uh, wh- it felt wh- empty in, in, yeah. in uh, first edition. Yeah. It was just kind of like, huh? Yeah, and then everything's weird to the point where if everything's yeah. weird, nothing's weird. Um, now it's like, okay, what would it like? We, we've had the Undying King that told us what would it like be like being a human in the realm of dead. Well, you can talk to your grandmother because her head's in a jar on the side. You can literally talk to her. <laughs> you know, her spirit is haunting your house, and that's fine because she does the ironing as well. You know, what would it be like being a human <laughs> in Gur? I've just started listening to God, what's it called? God Slayer, I think. No, not God Slayer, because that would be a Go Trek book. It's the first one set in Haish, in the Realm of Light. And it's basically set at a magical university run by the Lumineff for humans and God's Bane. And there's been a couple of part, there's been a couple of small stories about this already. Like, if you read the one where basically there's a human who's like, these Lumineff keep telling us shit, and I'm not sure about it. I think they're full of shit. And then his correspondence gets intercepted. And then the next letter, he's like, wow, the Lumineff are really good people, and we should listen to everything that they say. And you're like, oh, he went to a re-education camp. <laughs> like, it's really like, so, so that's the one I'm listening to at the moment, God's Bane. I've just started it, so no no opinions to be given on that. Literally just started God's Bane. But I'm 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 excited to listen to Age of Sigma books more than I am 40k books, I have to say, because the world still feels like it's growing. So you actually get these interesting little bits. That's interesting. I have a different just vibe when I listen to the books. Like mm. I just I just really like I like listening to the 30k books. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't know. I was say, talking to some friends the other day. I was just like, I really like learning the lore, I guess. And that's mm. why I like the 30k books. Feel like you learn a lot i did just buy all the uh night lords books um, interesting i'd like to see your opinions of them because i think the first one is one of the best books for chaos marines ever written i think the second one is great i think the third one is trash i <laughs> i i feel like i've heard that these night lords books are really good from mm. a number of people so i purchased them because if you just keep listening to Horace Heresy books in order, you start getting burnt out. So you need yeah. to have something to kind of break them up. And so uh, the Fabius Bio books were super great for me like a year ago when I was going mm-hmm. through those. And I've really gotten all interested in Night Lords recently. Okay. I like listens to one of these short stories and it was like this kind of weird short story where like Conrad Kurz and the lion like meet on this planet to have a conversation and then they end up like literally like in a fighting like roll pile like a cartoon <laughs> where like dust and lightning bolts are coming out the end yeah. and uh i was like man conrad Kurz seems fucking awesome so maybe i should like well, read yeah. about him and shit so yeah i got it and interestingly the fabius bio books were similar where book one and two were just like 10 out of 10 yeah, yeah. and then book three was eh, i mean okay <laughs> it's a book yeah, i guess by, by book three the night lords you're a bit like Okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I, I really get it. Yeah. Have you listened? Have you ever read or listened to Black Legion? No. You should. You really, if you like book because it's set between the Heresy and Forty K, so it's set. That's in, what. Yeah. That's what I love. You would I love, love it. These, 
Yeah, these books that take place in this huge ten thousand yeah. year gap are yeah. really but that's just really the 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 premise of Black Legion is a couple of space marines, a couple of chaos space marines go looking for Abaddon after the heresy. Oh. Like, where's he gone? Yeah. What's happened? So it's all set before the first Black Crusade, before the Black Legion even exists, and it's really, really good. Like, oh, oh my God, yeah, there's one bit in it. I'll that right away. Is, yeah, I think you Maybe will really like that. Maybe I'll move like that, that to the front of my queue after yeah. uh, Deliverance Lost, which is yeah. a it, real stinker. It does for Abaddon what Abnet did for Horus. Like, it takes him away from just being meh to actually being like, <laughs> no, 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 I can I can see your point. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah. I would highly recommend Black Legion to you because, yeah, that that All is right. on point. That is, as I say, set between Heresy and 40K. So it's that, you know, dark yeah. age, effectively. All right, I'll check that out. Cool. All right, man. Well, it's been a fun talk. It has. Um, Next session, no talk of games, no, no talk of models, no. Only talk of high level film <laughs> concepts because that's who you and I are. We're just we're writers' room ready, dude. We are the room. We're the room. We're the, we're, we're the room. So bad. Very excited. Yes. Yeah. So really bad. Good. It's good and so yeah. so so good. It's it, we're gonna write the Citizen Kane of Warhammer movies. We're gonna write the so, Citizen Kane of films. Of film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, dude. It's right. been good talking to you as always. I'll see you yes. soon. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone.